Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. It's back again, and here we go. There we are. That's better, isn't it? Hello there. Nice to be talking to you. How are you doing? The podcast is back. Uh, I'm sitting here in my flat and looking outside. Yes, it's pouring with rain. Absolutely bucketing it down outside. It was boiling hot yesterday. Uh, Now it's raining, um, which is, I guess, a welcome relief from the heat of yesterday, but also a reminder that the holidays are over and it's back to normal life again. Now, before the episode begins, let me just remind you of my sponsor. And for this episode, that is italki. If you're looking for a one-to-one teacher to help you with your speaking, your grammar, your vocabulary, uh, writing, uh, IELTS preparation, you know, all kinds of things. If you're looking for a one-to-one teacher, you can use italki. If you're looking for an English speaker to talk to for regular conversations, you can use italki as well. If you're looking to find a language partner for a language exchange, you can do that with italki too. And uh, it's, you know, Really convenient, great service. Lots of people are using it as part of their uh, language learning process. So if you want to, check out teacherluke.co.uk. And remember that when you buy some talking time, italki will send you a voucher, which uh, you can use to claim a free lesson. Okay, teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. Now then, let's start this new episode. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. How are you doing? Welcome back to Podland. Uh, Here we are again on Luke's English Podcast. Here we are. You're there, uh, wherever you are, listening. Uh, You are listening, of course, aren't you? Good. Yes. I suppose so. If you're hearing these words, you must be listening, right? But are you really listening? You know what I mean? Uh, hopefully you are. Hopefully you're, you're paying attention. Here it is. The podcast is back uh, after, well, after I was away for most of the month of August. Um, obviously, there was still content arriving as if by magic. It's, it wasn't magic. It was um, all a carefully prepared process um, of uh, automatic publication. Uh, not really magic. In fact, not magic at all. Really not ma- not even close to being magic. And I don't imagine it felt like magic either. So let's just, I'll, I guess I'll put the magic analogy to one side. Anyway, it was cool to be able to do that. And um, hopefully you've enjoyed the episodes that were uploaded while I was away on holiday. Um, and um, so here I am back home in Paris and um, recording another episode of the podcast. Let's get started. Uh, How are you anyway? How are you? Did you have a good August? Um, Did you have a good August? I imagine that you're listening to this 
in September at some point. Uh, because most of you listening to this will be listening fairly recently after I upload the episode. Some people might be listening to this one uh, having found it in the episode archive. So, well, anyway, I'll still ask you the question, even if it's like February or something when you're listening to this, did you have a good August? Just remember back to the most recent August that you experienced. For most of you, that will be last month. But for some of you, it'll be a few months ago. Anyway, it really doesn't matter. How are you? Did you have a good August? Did you go anywhere? Did you go away on holiday? Um, I'm going to tell you about what I've been doing. I'll sort of tell you a few stories and give you a few descriptions about what I saw and uh, what we did and the places that we visited and stuff like that. That's what I'm planning to do in this episode. I've chosen to tell you about it all. Um, I imagine that you're interested in in that. Um, it's become something of a tradition, I suppose, on Luke's English podcast that uh, when I come back from a holiday, I tend to tell you about it. Um, and I've had various comments and messages from people saying, oh, Luke, you know, we're looking forward to you coming back and uh, we'd like to hear about your holiday stories and stuff like that. So anyway, that's the idea in this episode. Uh, but anyway, what about you? Have you been anywhere? Let us know in the comments section uh, below this episode. You can just share your, your experiences too, because uh, that would be cool. I'm sure that some of you have been to some cool places. You've done some cool things. Um, and so in this one, yes, I'm going to tell you about my holiday. Um, you will find some notes and transcriptions on the page for this episode on the website. If you'd like to read some of the words I'm saying, uh, some of the sentences I'm saying too, I've I've been um, preparing in the days that are that since uh, we returned. Uh, it's been oh I don't know about five four or five days I think the jet lag has worn off, not feeling jet lagged anymore. Um, slowly returning to normal again. Uh, which is a pity because it was fun to get away from everything for a while. Uh, but it's also nice to be back, you know. Um, but anyway, I've been preparing for this episode. all During the holiday, I was taking a break from the podcast on the holiday and trying not to think about it. You know, just trying to do holiday stuff and just trying to kind of just enjoy a holiday without thinking about all the usual things. But, you know, naturally, my mind drifts to the kind of things I could describe and the, the, the ways in which I could perhaps try and articulate the things that we'd seen and done. So naturally, my mind does drift back to it as I start to think about how I'm how am I going to explain all this? How am I going to describe this? How could I make an episode about this? I tried not to dwell on those things too much. I tried to just sort of enjoy the holiday and just sort of live in the moment, you know. Um, and I didn't write anything down while we were, we were away. But since coming back, I've taken a bit of time to kind of write down some of the thoughts and memories and things and just try to capture the experience um, so I've done a bit of preparation. I've got some some notes and, and stuff in front of me and some bits transcribed. So I'm going to be reading from those things a bit. I'll also probably be going off script like I normally do. Um, so anyway, you'll find notes and some transcriptions for this episode on the page on the website. Uh, so if you want to read some of the words I'm saying, for example, if you hear me say something in particular and you're not sure what it is, then you could check the episode page. It will probably be there. Okay, um, I don't know how long this episode is going to be. Um, I might divide it into a couple of episodes. Uh, basically, it will be as long as it takes for me to just feel like I've told you the things that are on my mind and were on my uh, mind while we were away. Okay, now just before we start with that, I just want to kind of um, say a couple of things. 
about some of the content that I uploaded uh, while I was away. So uh, there was episode 472, the interview with Andy Johnson. I think it's called Andy Johnson at the London School of English, part two, why Andy runs marathons. Um, Now, it seems that quite a lot of people were moved by Andy's story. Andy told a very personal, quite moving and emotional story in that episode, uh, something that he's never you know, revealed on the podcast before. And I just wanted to say uh, that it seems a lot of people were quite moved by that. Uh, Andy, I think, deserves some respect for sharing his story with us and for also just managing to get through such a terrifying experience when he was relatively young. Uh, it's also interesting to see in the comments section that many of you have had similar experiences in one way or another, uh, similar experiences to Andy, um, and that you've used running, for example, as a way to deal with it, or that you've used running as a way of dealing with other issues that you've experienced in your lives. Um, And so you found his account of his story to be particularly poignant. Um, And uh, unfortunately, um, cancer touches many people's lives in one way or another, But I think a story in which someone beats it is always a reassuring boost to anyone who knows about that or who's had any experience of it. Um, If you haven't listened to episode 472, then I strongly suggest that you do so. You'll find it in the archive on the website, episode 472. Listen to it. It's a good one. And uh, I think it deserves your, your attention other stuff I published were some things that just went on the website, some some website-only content. So I hope you really enjoyed some of that material which I uploaded onto the website while I was away. Um, there are three things in the episode archive that you won't know about if you just subscribe to the audio podcast. One of, one of those is an episode of Zdenex English Podcast in which he recorded the two of us speaking in London when we met each other there in uh, July. And uh, we had fun um, teaching some crime-related idioms and just making up some stuff about my supposed criminal past. I don't have a criminal past, but we were just sort of having fun specu- uh, speculating or improvising uh, silly ideas about uh, like crime stories and things and teaching some crime uh, vocabulary. So you can check them out. Uh, check that yeah, that out in the archive. Or indeed, you can find it on Zdenex English Podcast. Um, the second thing I posted on the website is a DVD commentary track that I recorded with James, my brother, for Star Wars Episode 4. And that's just a bit of fun. It's just us messing around, having a bit of fun. We sat down in his flat one evening. We put on his Star Wars DVD and we recorded ourselves doing a commentary over the top. And that's really just for the Star Wars fans, I think. You can, if you like, you can just listen to it uh, like it's, as if it's a podcast or you can watch the film and listen to our commentary at the same time. And if you do that, you will hear James and me discussing the various scenes, making fun of the film. I mean, we love Star Wars, but it's quite fun to just sort of um, parody some of the scenes and and do some impressions of the characters and just generally mess around over the top of the film. Uh, And then the third uh, thing that I posted uh, on the website is a long musical mix that James and I did using his vinyl record collection. I'll start that sentence again. Uh, A long musical mix that James and I did using his vinyl record collection. Uh, He has lots of vinyl records, um, many of them original 7-inch and 12-inch singles from the 60s, 70s and 80s. 
Yeah, vinyl, those black records. Uh, we went through his records in a long mix, and the plan was to go through a sort of history of British music. Uh, so if you check out that post, you'll see um, this musical mix. And the mix has some speaking. James and I do a bit of speaking between some of the records. And generally, you will hear music all the way from the, from 1961 to the mid-1990s when we eventually ran out of time. So it's like this history of British music, all of it, all music, all of it's British. It's all on vinyl, so you hear the nice crackling sounds of the vinyl. It's, it sounds really cool. And uh, if you like music and you'd like to learn a little bit about the UK's musical history or you just want to enjoy listening to some uh, classic bits of British music, then check it out. Um, I should just quickly mention the transcript project. The Orion team and the Andromeda proofreading team have been very busy producing more and more transcripts. Uh, You can now find over 250 finished scripts and also many scripts which are 100% 100% proofread. Uh, just go to the transcripts page on my website for more information. I'll be updating that page soon to make it easier for you to find all the transcripts and things. But anyway, check out the transcript page. You can see the great work that the Orion team and Andromeda team have been doing. And as ever, I invite you to take part. Just leave a message on the transcript page. Someone will read it and they'll invite you in and and all that stuff. Don't forget to read the rules. It's really simple. Just read the rules on the page before you start doing any work. Okay, fine. So the holiday then, the holiday. So you're probably thinking to yourself, where did you go, Luke? And why did you go there? Well, um, let's see. Let's see then. Well, so we wanted to have, this year, we wanted to have a kind of a blowout. I don't know if you know what that means. If you have a blowout, it means that you do something kind of a little extravagant um, as a celebration. It's probably something quite a little expensive. Um, Like, for example, a big holiday or a big party to celebrate something. Um, And we wanted to have a kind of blowout this year. In this case, it was a fairly big holiday as a celebration. Uh, What are you celebrating, Luke? Well, celebrating the fact that my wife is pregnant uh, yep, that's right. My wife is pregnant. We're going to have a baby. So uh, this year for our summer holiday, we wanted to go on another big trip. Just the two of us. Uh, while it's just us before the baby arrives, because obviously after the baby's arrived, then, you know, it's all going to be different. And uh, they'll it'll, we, the two of us will become the three of us. And uh, so, you know, that's going to affect the way that we can have holidays in the future. So this year we wanted to just have a special holiday. We're calling it our baby moon um, and like a honeymoon, but in this case, just before having a baby. So baby moon. So we wanted to have a big blowout. That's right. My wife's pregnant. I know. I know. She's pregnant. We're going to have a baby in December, right? It's kind of a big deal, isn't it? It is. It's a it's a really big deal. And we're both delighted and we're both kind of, uh, you know, getting ourselves ready and, um, you know, trying to prepare the place as much as possible. And, um, you know, we've been doing all the shopping and all that sort of thing, uh, getting ourselves ready and prepared for it. I don't know if it's ever possible to completely prepare for the arrival of a baby, but, you know, you do what you can. Now, uh, if you're thinking, because this is quite big news, I mean, some of you listening to this will um, will be, I don't know what your reaction be, will, will, be, will be. Some of, I expect there'll be a range of different reactions. Some of you will be like, oh, that's fantastic, Luke. Other people might be like, oh, I don't care. 
don't care that you stupid baby like like that if that's what you're thinking then you know just i don't know keep it you can think that but keep it to yourself you don't have to tell me that um in fact if you're wondering what your um if, if you're wondering what is appropriate for you to say if you're thinking of writing a comment or something in my comment section and you're wondering what an appropriate thing to say would be here are some things that would be appropriate so obviously you could say congratulations or you could say oh well, i'm very happy for you or you might say, oh, that's fantastic news. These are the sorts of things that normal, sort of, you know, uh, polite, uh, friendly people would, would say when they hear that s- someone's having a baby. All right, congratulations. Oh, I'm really happy for you. Fantastic news. That's great. When's it due? When's it due? Due. D-U-E. When is it due? Um, due or due. When's it due? Uh, which means when is the baby going to be born? When's it due? Well, it's due in December. I'm not going to tell you more. Um, and uh, anyway, so do you know, you might say, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? That's a typical question. You might also say things like, do you have any ideas for names? Uh, do you have, have you got any baby names yet? By the way, I'm not going to tell you the name uh, that we're thinking of. I'm going to keep some things to myself. Don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about babies all the time okay i'm i will do my best not to do that uh and that also means that i'm going to be keeping a lot of this stuff private i'm not just going to be constantly going on about my baby and private life stuff i'm going to, i'll keep a lot of it personal and uh i won't share a lot of it so i think i'm not going to tell you the name of the the name of the child sorry it's just personal private stuff so i've got to keep some things private right I mean, I, you know, I'm going to I'm about to tell you in some detail about uh, a private holiday that I had. Uh, I can't really give away all my private information. And the name of my child, for example, um, is something I'm going to hold back. But, you know, typically people do say that. They say, do you have any do you know if it's a boy or a girl or do you have any ideas for names? Are you ready? That's another question that people often ask. Are you ready? Ooh, it's going to get crazy. You know, that sort of thing. So there are some appropriate things. Uh, basically, congratulating us and, and wishing us well. Needless to say, any other th- anything other than that would probably be inappropriate. Okay? All right, good. Now, no doubt some of you at this point will choose to think about the podcast and you will be thinking about how the podcast might be affected by this oncoming change in my life. Um, I can just imagine it. I can sense it using the force. Some of you will be thinking about that. Well, I will say, don't worry. I'm not going to stop doing the podcast because I'm having a baby. Uh, Correction. My wife is actually the one who's going to have the baby. She's having the baby. I'm just going to stand there, let her dig her fingernails into the back of my hand and hope for the best. But... um, so uh, I'm not going to stop doing the podcast because I'm having a baby. I might talk about some of it sometimes because it will be affecting my life, but it's not going to become like the central uh, theme of my podcast, of course. But it's true. Things are bound to change in my life because of this. And certainly at the beginning, when the baby is newly born, it might be hard to record and upload episodes as regular as normal, as regularly as normal. Um, that you know, It might be difficult to keep it up in that period. But I definitely plan to carry on the podcast because honestly, this podcast is, as well as being something I love doing, it's also my job these days, in fact. It is a job for me because I get income from my sponsors. So this is a job. Uh, it's, it's a job. It's also a job that I thoroughly enjoy. 
and uh, a job which means a lot to me personally because I've been doing it for nearly eight and a half years now. So that's a lot of investment, personal investment I've put into this project. And it's a job uh, that I chose for myself. And I think it was Confucius. I'm going to now quote Confucius, the Chinese philosopher guy. Um, Confucius, I think, said, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't think he said it in English. He probably said it in Chinese. But anyway, Chinese, whatever lang- whatever version of Chinese was being uh, spoken or written at the time. Anyway, Confucius, I think, said, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So although doing this podcast has become a kind of a job for me, which was always part of the plan, it is something I love doing. So it sort of doesn't feel like work for me. Uh, but it is a job. Uh, so there are several reasons why I plan to continue doing this podcast. And I just want to tell you that, just in case you're, you were kind of going to go, oh, God, he's going to stop doing it. I'm not, okay? Um, I'm not about to abandon this. Anyway, we chose this year to have a big trip to celebrate our last summer holiday, just the two of us. And that, because this would be our last holiday uh, just my wife and me. And we kept saying, in fact, the whole time, we kept saying, it's our last summer together, which sounded a bit dramatic. I mean, it's not exactly our last summer. I mean, we're not going to die, uh, hopefully, uh, but uh, meaning it's it'll be the la- our last summer holiday, just the two of us together. So that's why we wanted to have a big holiday. Now, we've always gone abroad for our for our recent summer holidays. Um, we've always like done fairly big trips abroad, in France, where I live, uh, most people take their holidays during the month of August. And August, in fact, certainly in Paris, is a very quiet month in France. Or it's a very quiet month in Paris because all the Parisians go probably into the south part of France and they have holidays in the south or they go abroad. And so in a sense, like August is just like this quiet month. So people can take fairly long holidays um, in August um, so um, we've always gone abroad for our recent August holidays, and it seems that we've always we've been alternating between two general regions. We've been alternating between parts of Asia and then parts of North America. So we went to Indonesia, then we went to California, then we went to Thailand, we went to Japan, um, and so on. Uh, we also visited New York, um, but uh, we think that with kids it would be easier to and safer to go on holiday in France or in the UK. That's what we're probably going to be doing in the near future. We'll probably be holidaying in France or the UK. Uh, so for this year, we decided to continue that pattern of alternating between Asia and North America. We decided to go on, a, on this fairly big trip. We went back to the United States. Two years ago, we had our honeymoon in California. And we had an amazing time and I talked about it at length on the podcast. I did a series of something like eight episodes in which I sort of told you a few holiday stories and also gave you bits of history um, and also some cultural history. There was an interview with AJ Hogue in that series and all kinds of other things. I taught you, you know, aspects of British and American English and things like that. And we had a few mini adventures involving uh, bears outside tents and injuries on hiking trails. If you uh, listened to the those podcast episodes, 
uh, called California Road Trip. Uh, you'll find them in the archive. If you listen to those uh, California Road Trip episodes, then you will have heard those stories. But um, So we had a great time in California two years ago, but there, uh, there are things, or there were things, uh, that uh, we didn't manage to do or see uh, on that trip. And we, we always said to each other, well, we'll come back. We'll do, we'll do that next time. We'll get the things that we missed next time. And at the time, two years ago, that really helped us to kind of deal with the disappointment of knowing that we were missing something. Like, for example, we couldn't go and see the Grand Canyon uh, or something else that we really wanted to experience. We couldn't go. And that was like, you know, quite disappointing. And But we said to each other, we'll get it next time, right? And so this year, it was it was the next time that we'd promised to ourselves before. Because, you know, when you go on these trips, you can't see everything. You can't always see absolutely everything. And if you try and see too much, then um, it's not satisfying. I think in the past, I've, I've compared holidays to pizzas, okay? How is a holiday like a pizza? Well, if you try and do too much in a holiday, it kind of spoils it. Similarly, if with a pizza, if you put too many toppings on the pizza, it'll spoil the pizza. The best pizzas have got about three, maybe four toppings. Keep it simple. Uh, the best pizzas have got just a few toppings. Uh, and similarly, the best holidays don't try to include too many things. Um, so we couldn't include everything in our California trip. Uh, and so we always promised ourselves that we would go back. Um, and so this time we decided that uh, we would have our baby moon uh, by going back to that part of the world uh, to do the things that we missed out on last time, just as a big final holiday, just the two of us. So, yes, we went to the United States uh, of America. Um, to We went to Southern California for a few days, and then we spent quite a lot of time exploring the national parks and some areas within the Navajo Nation territories. Places like Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park, Monument Valley, Lake Powell, the Grand Canyon. Incredible landscapes, um, natural scenery, wild beauty, uh, but also the kind of sort of the, the kind of infrastructure uh, that would make it possible for my pregnant wife to see all of that stuff, to see all those natural wonders, without it being too inconvenient or risky. Because the United States is the kind of place that is fairly convenient to go, and we we wanted to go somewhere where we could see things like that, but where it would be possible for my wife to do it. And, and you know, with the States, they've got, for example, plenty of space. There's there's usually enough accommodation, um, and, uh, you know, they, they usually have the the right level of infrastructure around their natural spots are usually fairly sort of easy and safe to visit for a pregnant person. Um, so this th- this episode or this couple of episodes or whatever, this is going to be like the California road trip too. But this time we didn't just visit California. We also went to lots of other states as well, including Nevada, Arizona and Utah. So back to the USA this time. And again, for some reason... I feel slightly sheepish about telling you that we went to the United States. I feel a bit sheepish about it. Do you know what that means? If you're feeling sheepish, like sheep like the animal, like that. Now, feeling sheepish, what do you think that means? It doesn't mean that uh, we did did the same thing that everyone else does. I mean, that's what sheep 
when we use sheep as a metaphor, normally it's it's to suggest that someone is just mindlessly doing what everyone else does. That's not that's not what sheepish means. If you feel sheepish, it means that you feel slightly embarrassed or slightly uncomfortable or unsure about something. Imagine, for example, you're I don't know. Um, imagine you're about to go into. Um, Imagine a child who's going to go into the headmaster's office uh, and he's got to admit to doing something wrong. Like the teacher has sent the child to the headmaster's office and the child knocks on the door of the headmaster and the headmaster goes, come in. And the child goes in and the child stands there looking sheepish, you know, maybe looking down or sort of like a uncomfortable body language, uh, shifting from left foot to right foot. And the headmaster would say, you're looking very sheepish. What's going on? You know, what have you got to tell me? So I'm feeling a bit sheepish. Now, I don't feel like a school kid or anything. Uh, I just feel, I don't know, a slight sense of, I don't know, I'm proper, I guess I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what my audience thinks when I tell them I went to America. And the, the reason why I feel sheepish, I suppose, is because I'm aware that some of you out there are sort of waiting for me to come and visit your countries. And you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, you went to America. Why didn't you come to our country, for example? Um, especially since uh, we've invited you so many times. Well, I mean, you know, this time, this is this was a holiday, like I said, you know, a time to, a chance for me to get away from everything. That included all the podcast business. I tried to just take time off because I've been doing this for eight and a half years with not really proper breaks except for the little holidays I've had uh, here and there. Uh, and so it's healthy for me to get away from even the podcast from time to time. And that means like, you know, not building a holiday around it, basically. And also, you know, for example, my wife and I, you know, personally, we wanted to go and see the Grand Canyon and some other things like that. I don't need to explain it, do I? Of course I don't. Oh, good. I'm glad you understand. Um, also, politics... Makes me feel a little uncomfortable because of the uh, political situation over there. Because, I mean, that's the, the politics in the United States at the moment is, oh, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's, it's a bit worrying, I have to say, uh, for many reasons. Uh, the political situation in the United States is throwing like a weird shadow over everything in that country. Uh, and certainly, uh, if you pay attention to the media, I mean, if that's your window onto the United States, then it will seem like a, a controversial time to visit the country. And, um, you know, like visiting the United States at this moment can be interpreted as, as, as being somehow taking part in, in the politics in some way or validating what's happening or making a statement about the politics. But there was nothing political about our trip in terms of our motivations to go there. Uh, so that's got really nothing to do with it. Uh, we just chose the United States as a holiday destination because we didn't see everything we wanted to see last time and all the other reasons I mentioned before. Um, it, it was... It was um, it was hard to escape the politics there, though. Mostly on the television. If we ever switched on the TV in a hotel room and watched the news, then just, you know, plenty of uh, uh, of stuff happening on the, on the TV. Um, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on in the United States recently. Obviously, there's Donald Trump and all that stuff. And, I'm you know, no need for me to go into it. But also things like um, uh, a rally by white supremacists in a town called Charlottesville. 
um, and violence between anti-fascist uh, demonstrators and white supremacists and um, you know and lots of people being very angry and upset about the way that Donald Trump didn't quite uh, deal with it in a satisfying way and there are questions about whether or not he supports uh, the white supremacists and whether or not the country is tearing itself apart and all this identity politics and all this kind of stuff it's it's complicated in our everyday experience of being there we didn't see any trouble we didn't experience any unrest of that nature we saw no anti-trump rallies there were no white nationalists marching around we saw a couple of bumper stickers those are those stickers that you might see on the back of a car we saw a couple of bumper stickers saying make america great again we saw a few of those we also saw in one place we saw a poster on the wall next to a bar and the poster said hillary for prison 2016 hillary for prison so obviously some uh, some you know hardcore trump fans uh, were there but you know that was really it in terms of our direct experience a couple of people that we met um, talked about how they personally felt very ashamed that they um, that Donald Trump was their president and they even seemed surprised that uh, we still wanted to visit the country so we saw evidence of you know the different opinions on both sides but generally speaking everyone that we met including the people that I imagine had voted for Trump and people who hadn't voted for Trump. Everyone that we met was very polite and very nice to us. And apparently they seemed to be nice to each other. No one was punching each other anyway, as far as we could see. On the television, though, there were scenes of violence and chaos as fighting broke out between white supremacists and anti-fascists in Charlottesville, Virginia. On the other side of the country... On the television, it was fighting, chaos, debates, angry tweets, all kinds of drama. And I took a look at Twitter a few times while I was there, and there was quite a lot of angry debate with strong opinions on both sides. Those who were clearly against the white supremacist groups and those who defended them, it felt at times like the country was in turmoil. I mean, I have to say it was shocking to me to see images of, you know, open racists waving, even waving swastika flags at these uh, at these demonstrations, which is a shocking thing to see in America. They see the thing is in in the United States, it's not like in Germany. Like in Germany, the swastika, the image of the the of that is associated with uh, the Third Reich, the Nazis, basically. That swastika image is banned, it's outlawed in Germany. In the United States, it isn't. And so people have the right to walk through a town in America waving this symbol of hate. And, uh, and they are well within their rights to do it. And it's all about freedom of speech. Doesn't necessarily make it right. Doesn't mean that it's it's the it's it's a good thing to do. It doesn't mean it's not shocking to see that. But, you know... They have the freedom to do it. But shocking. I mean, come on. Nazis walking around uh, in groups in America, uh, chanting in the streets. Also, what was shocking is the violence 
Um, I mean, there were anti-fascist demonstrators. I mean, I can sort of understand that they're anti-fascist, but they got violent, you know, and they were attacking these demonstrators, which is violence is, you know, always regrettable. And that's the point, right? Violence is bad, isn't it? Um, so all this stuff going on on the TV, all this turmoil. And then we looked out of the window or we stepped outside our Airbnb uh, that we were staying in and it was just just silence maybe a car a car driving by but just silence outside and it just showed me sort of like the sharp contrast between the reality of television and the internet because i think the internet is the new mainstream media despite what all of those youtubers think they think that they're so alternative they're like the alternative media the, the internet and YouTube is fast becoming the new mainstream media. And it's all, it, you know, especially when YouTube channels get more views than many TV shows these days. Um, it just showed the contrast between what you get in the media, the, 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 the picture of America that you see in the media, and then what you actually experience when you're there. But then again, you know, we were just tourists probably just scratching the surface of of the culture but it kind of reminded me just that experience of seeing all this terrible stuff happening on the tv and then just stepping outside and just nothing um it reminded me of uh, a sketch by a great american comedian called bill hicks who said some very funny things along similar lines he was talking about way back in the 1990s uh, if you just watch CNN, you know, the, the American news channel, if you just watch CNN all day long, you get the impression it's just the end of the world and then you open your window and you can just hear the crickets and it's just silence. Uh, I'm going to play that to you. It's only about one minute long. I just don't fit in, man. I don't fit in anywhere. That's my problem. You know my problem? I watch too much news. I don't know if you've ever, ever, ever sat and watched CNN longer than, say... 20 hours in one day. <laughs> I've got to cut that out. You ever watch CNN headline news for any length of time? It's the most depressing fucking thing you will ever do. War, famine, death, AIDS, homeless, recession, depression, war, famine, death, AIDS. <laughs> then you look out your window, it's just... <laughs> Where is all this shit happening, man? Ted Turner is making this shit up. Okay. So it was a bit like that. You know, you look on the TV and it's just, you know, uh, Nazis and anti-fascist uh, protesters and violence and, and uh, murder. And then you look out the window and it's just, I can't do the noise. I mean, God, he's good. At, he was good at those sound effects, Bill Hicks. I have to say that cricket noise that he does is really good. Hey, then you look out your window, it's just... <laughs> He's just doing that with his with his lips. That's 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 talent, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, where's all this stuff happening now? Um, you know, I could now go into all of the complicated politics of what happened in Charlottesville, but I think I won't in this episode. I might talk about it a bit, it a bit later, but eh. for example, I could describe the reasons why these white nationalists or white supremacists were marching through a town in Virginia on the other side of the country 
uh, and why they were waving Confederate flags and why some of them had swastika flags and why they were even shouting Trump, Trump, Trump and make America great again. I could go into how they fought violently with anti-fascist protesters who admittedly were the ones to start the fighting. I could talk about how someone from the white supremacist side took the decision uh, to drive a car into a crowd of anti-fascist demonstrators, uh, killing a woman and injuring 20 others. And I could go into why many people feel so upset and angry with their president for not taking a clear position on these people who some describe as fascists and neo-Nazis. And I could go into how lots of people seem to believe that Trump is almost encouraging these people in some way. I could go into all of that, but this episode is supposed to be about my travelling experience. And I've already been talking for 40 minutes and I haven't even got to it yet. Anyway, the holiday. All right. Um, Sometimes the introduction is the main content of the episode, folks. Our itinerary for this holiday was uh, starting in Paris. We would... Uh, fly to Los Angeles but it's too expensive to fly directly to Los Angeles so we had to break up the flight so we flew to Montreal in Canada stayed there uh, just for like uh, we stayed there for a day so we landed at lunchtime and then our flight from Montreal was kind of like mid-morning the next day so we had an afternoon and one evening in Montreal uh, and then from Montreal, flew to Los Angeles, a few days there. And then we did a short flight to Las Vegas, just like a one-hour flight to Las Vegas. Uh, like one evening in Las Vegas, like you don't need to spend much time there. And then from Vegas, we, um, with a car, we did a road trip and explored these different canyons the pl- and national parks that I mentioned earlier. Then back to Vegas again for about two hours the shortest amount of time possible. And then from there, uh, back to Los Angeles for a few more days to just relax uh, after all the traveling around. And then uh, back to Paris again via Montreal. So that was the itinerary, okay? So it's basically a combination of cities and national parks, urban areas with metropolitan life, and then amazing geological features in these desert canyons. Uh, So I'm going to try and go through it all now. So the first place that we went to was Montreal in Canada, Uh, in Quebec, in Canada. Um, We flew um, from Paris uh, and landed in Montreal uh, at at lunchtime on our first day. And um, so we had the afternoon and the evening to to explore Montreal. So after kind of um, uh, checking into like a little airport hotel and leaving our bags there, we um, went to explore Montreal. Now, Montreal is a really cool place. I'd never... No, I had... I had visited it once before, uh, a long time ago, sort of 20 years ago, and uh, I went there with my cousin Oliver for just a few days as part of our Canadian road trip that we did when we were students. Uh, so it was, the, but it was the first time I'd gone back there after 20 years, so I didn't really remember it very much. And uh, we were both really impressed with Montreal. We thought it was so cool. Um, and um, here are some reasons why Montreal. Uh, is such a cool place. So we we hung out, we chose to spend that afternoon mainly in the Mont Royal area and also in the old town area too. And just some of the things that struck us about Montreal. So first of all, people seem to be really friendly and polite. First of all, so everyone just seemed really nice and friendly. Everyone 
it there is bilingual because in Quebec people speak French, right? I mean, in Canada in general people speak English, but in Quebec uh, it's French. Um, so, and Montreal, this city in Quebec, is a bilingual city, which is amazing. I mean, technically they, I think that French is their first language. But being in the location that they are, just in the middle of Canada and sort of right next to the United States and stuff, people are bilingual. So it's really cool uh, that it's a bilingual city. And it just shows that it's totally possible for a whole city to be bilingual. And that's definitely possible. And that there's no need to panic and freak out about the possibility of several languages being spoken in a city at the same time. It's possible for there to be two languages operating, and it's good. In fact, it feels healthy. Uh, it's The place is really diverse in a really good way, because um, there are all these different types of people from different places, but everyone's kind of relaxed and chilled out. There seems to be a, a lot of sort of healthy mixing between different ethnic groups, uh, no, not a lot of tension. I didn't notice any sort of weird tension between ethnic communities. Everyone seemed to be fairly mixed in and cool. You know, it was great. Uh, they have this food in Montreal, which is called poutine. Uh, and poutine is basically, it's like the Canadian dish. You know, like people say that in England, it's fish and chips or whatever. In Italy, it's, uh, you know, pizza or whatever. And in the United States, it's hamburgers. Well, in Canada, certainly in Quebec, it's poutine, which is basically French fries, like a plate of French fries covered in cheese and gravy. Okay, pretty simple stuff. French fries covered in cheese and gravy. Not complicated and also not healthy, really, but seriously tasty. Uh, So we got some poutine. I ate this massive, huge plate of poutine. Uh, and I mean, in Canada, their their food portions are massive as well, just like in the states. And we kind of learned that you can you kind of order the smallest portion, or you can just order a normal portion and share it between the two of you, which was kind of a good way to save a bit of cash. Um, so uh, had some poutine. Another cool thing is that the city has a nice colonial atmosphere to it. It's got the colonial feel in terms of like the design of the buildings and it's just a nice attractive um, sort of atmosphere. Also there's lots of greenery everywhere, Uh, lots of greenery, lots of plant life. In the streets we, we walked down there were leafy trees, big bushes growing outside people's houses Uh, and you know this is a city, this is you know a major city uh, but loads of plant life everywhere just plants growing everywhere some of them like planted in people's gardens and some of them just weeds just natural naturally growing weeds um not naturally growing weed weed obviously is the drug that people smoke uh which is kind of like i don't know what the law is on weed in in uh, that part of canada but uh uh, I think it's quite a sort of uh, they take quite a mild approach to it I think um but anyway no I mean that there were wild plants growing in 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 many parts of the city just weeds uh growing which and and it, it you know it felt like there was plant life kind of taking over the city which is great you know I think it's good when you get lots of greenery in a city uh green spaces are, are, are good for lots of reasons uh in Paris the city is all stone. I mean, there are some green spaces, not as many as I would like, 
uh, and as a result of that, it because there aren't so many green spaces, it can feel in Paris. It can feel a bit brutal. It's like this sort of stone city. It's like living in a castle or something. Um, and I feel like greenery in a city adds some much-needed calm to the place, and also provides lots of clean air and oxygen and stuff. So there's plenty of plenty of greenery in in, in Montreal, which is nice. The buildings. Uh, are really cool looking they're cool looking they look cool uh with interesting looking staircases on the outsides of the buildings so these are just like rows of terraced these fairly large terraced uh buildings these long streets with lots of greenery in the front gardens and these long terraces of houses with these interesting ornate looking um uh doorways and these uh kind of iron staircases and uh, big uh, balconies and verandas running outside the front. Um, Just really interesting and cool-looking places. Um, uh, Montreal has access to some amazing wilderness areas, like local mountains and lakes and forests. So if you live in Montreal... You can get into nature really quickly. You know, it's quite easy to get out into the wilderness... So that's cool. You've got the access to nature while also enjoying the benefits of living in a city. And we were walking around the place going, oh, my God, this is the perfect city for us. That's what my wife and I were thinking, you know, it being bilingual between French and English, it being a city like we, 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 we like urban life. But also me in particular, I always f- desperately want to be in nature as well, because for many years growing up, uh, I live basically in the countryside, so I really like to be around nature. Uh, and sort of Montreal seems to be like the perfect kind of uh, place that fits all of these things in. But the bad side about Montreal, I think, is that in winter, it's totally freezing and everything gets covered in four feet of snow and it's like minus 15 degrees or something or even more. And that makes life inconvenient. Now, I know some of you listening to this podcast, you might live in similar places. You might live in places that get incredibly cold and get covered in snow in the wintertime. And, you know, you probably deal with it very well. Uh, I wonder what's that like? You know, is, is it really difficult in winter when you get snowed in, when everything gets frozen, when you have to deal with sub-zero temperatures all the time? What's it like? You know, uh, how bad is that really? Anyway, I loved Montreal and I would gladly return there one day and spend more time there. Like in in cities that I've lived in, like Paris and Tokyo and, and London, often you get the feeling that people are squeezed into these little areas, especially in accommodation. Tiny little, you know, little rooms. There's not a lot of elbow room sometimes. But in 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 America, in North America, Get, it's it's a nice liberating feeling of having more space. I imagine in you know countries where you live, you might have lots of space too, and that's great. You know, take advantage of that of of the available space you've got because it can feel very limiting to be squeezed into these little apartments and to be squeezed onto these little pavements. You know, and to be driving around a city which has narrow streets, it's. It's not very nice, so it's good to get away to a place where there's, you know, you've got a bit of elbow room. That's that's great. Um, also, other things that, you know, Montreal or Canada has, uh, it has that feeling of being in the new world. 
um, which is kind of a cool feeling. This kind of it's got a, a kind of a positive, youthful vibe of just being in a new country, even though it's not really new. It's like two hundred to three hundred years old or whatever. But you know, you just get that feeling of being in the new world. You know, which is a bit like being in Australia or you know other parts you know like that. Uh, the the vast natural landscapes as well. That's just wonderful. And the other cool thing is that it's Canada. You know, so you don't get it the feeling that you're in a completely crazy country where people might shoot each other and do crazy stuff. You know, so Canada's great. I'd love to go back there again one day. And in fact, you know, we. A couple of friends of ours did go to Canada uh, recently with their kids and they said it was great and and, uh, it was a calm and peaceful holiday. It was good for kids. So, you know, Canada, I think, is probably a good uh, holiday destination. Not quite as... uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, America is, like, turned up to the max. You know, everything's just on maximum volume and it's just like everything's big and their their national parks are huge and they have incredible awe-inspiring uh, uh landscapes and then they've got completely insane places like las vegas and you know all these weird and wonderful things some fantastic things some things which are kind of awful they've got the whole range of things like that canada is like a lot more sober and just everything's a little bit more rational and calm. And it's a bit kind of a bit more European. Some people might say it's a little bit more boring. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I would be all right with that. You know, I don't need madness all the time. Anyway, we'd like to go back to Canada one day. As I said, I did travel there for, for a month when I was 19 with my cousin Oliver. And we had an amazing time then as well. Um, even when we were walking around Montreal, we were thinking... You know, oh, it'd be great to move here. Imagine just moving here. Uh, But, you know, to be honest, we don't really want to leave our family and friends behind and things like that. But anyway, Montreal, great. Totally great place. It's amazing. They've got all the greatest nature. That's I don't know why I'm doing Donald Trump talking about Montreal. Would he would he be um, complimentary about it? You know, I've been to Montreal. It's okay. It's it's good. Uh, I like the poutine. It's delicious. It's not American food because America, we got the greatest food. Okay, folks. Um, anyway, Montreal, I liked it. So from Montreal, we went to uh, Los Angeles. And um, so we had to pick up our rental car after arriving in LA. We had to pick up our rental car. Now, for some reason, we had rented a car not using the kind of most obvious uh, rental companies. I don't know quite how this happened. Instead of using Enterprise or Avis or Alamo or you know um, these these other famous car rental companies, we ended up renting with a company called Right Cars, which I think we should rename Wrong Cars because uh, we weren't very happy with the service. So let me tell you about our experience with Wrong Cars. Um, so we arrived at the airport, you know, kind of a bit shell-shocked from a long flight. And you, you know the way it is. You arrive and you're like, uh, you know, you feel a bit like a zombie. We got our uh, luggage from the from the uh, baggage collection area. And then it was like, right, so we need to get our car. We went to the information desk where they were giving information about car rentals. And um, so we arrived there. And the woman at the information desk, first of all, she she doesn't know the company. So we're like, uh, hello, I'm looking, we've, we've rented a car with uh, 
uh, with right cars. And she was like, uh, right cars? Uh, I don't know of right cars. She's looking through all her lists and she's obviously never heard of right cars. So I was like, uh, okay. Um, hmm. So I checked the emails that I'd received and there was a little uh, bit of information saying in the email, it's like, you know, you need to go, you need to get a shuttle to a car park a couple of kilometers away from the airport and that's where someone will collect you so we need to get a shuttle to a car park yeah a car park just a car park somewhere out in airport land um a car park that's a car park not a parking lot which is the american version where it technically it was a parking lot but in america they call it a parking lot in uh, the uk it's called a car park in france they call it a parking uh, which is not English. Uh, we don't call it a parking. We just call it a car park. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you call it a parking in your country too. That's not English, by the way. If you go to England or any other English-speaking country and say, I'm looking for a parking, then people will be like, um, excuse me? Uh, you mean you're looking for a car park or you're looking for a parking lot? Okay. So anyway, we were instructed to take this shuttle to this mysterious parking lot and the parking lot had the name the cell phone lot that was the name of the parking lot okay i already was having a bad feeling about it so everyone else we're on the shuttle you know one of those airport shuttles everyone else was on there too and they were getting out of the shuttle at the proper rental places at you know they were being greeted with smiling service agents from enterprise and from avis and eventually we were the last ones on the bus just us two with the driver and you know i was looking at my wife going there's something i've got a bad feeling about this and um eventually we got dropped off just on a street corner basically the the the, it was like the last stop and the bus driver just stopped on a street corner and just dropped us off there and just we we were told to just go around the corner the driver was like round the corner round the corner just go around the corner sir and i was like well at least they called me sir you know around just go around the corner sir so we went around the corner there's the the cell phone lot as they called it uh this parking lot where we had to wait so i you know the plan was that you have to call them when you get to the cell phone lot so we were standing there and it was in like the middle of the day bright la sunshine the sun beating down on my pregnant wife and uh so i kind of moved her in the into the I didn't move her in. She's capable of moving herself, you know. She found the um, the pretty much the only bit of sh- uh, shade in the area. There was like a, a, a some sort of billboard, and she stood behind it in the shade. And I called the uh, the I called wrong cars, and you know naturally I get immediately put through to some call center. It's call center hell, basically. You know that thing where you just call up and then immediately you're on hold or you immediately end up through to an automatic thing uh, like, hello, you're through to right cards. Please hold the line for more information. And then you get music and it's like, I'm on hold already. And then eventually you get through to someone else and it's like some, you know, some overworked guy in some call center in another part of the country. And he's like, hello, sir, you're through to right cards. How can I help you today? And I can hardly hear him. And I'm going... Uh, hello, uh, my name's Luke Thompson. Um, I'm in the cell phone lot at uh, Los Angeles Airport, um, just waiting for the shuttle to pick me up to take us to uh, the right car's office. Um, 
what should we do? And he's like, just hold there. Someone will be with you in a minute. That's it. So I was like, okay, someone will just be here. And I was like, hey, can, you t- can you tell me how long it'll be? He said, it's about 15 minutes, sir. So 15 minutes came and went. Um, meanwhile, you know, I'm just standing there with my wife in blazing sunshine in a car park, in the parking lot. The parking lot was called the cell phone lot. I mean, there's no chance of not standing there on your cell phone. That's the name of the place. So, of course, you have to stand there on your cell phone. And then, um, so anyway, I finally got through to someone. He told me there was a driver coming. Uh, we were expecting a shuttle. It said, the shuttle will come and collect you. Turns out it's, a, it's just a guy in a car. A guy in a rental car turns up. And by that point, there's several other people waiting with us. And uh, this guy just turns up in a rental car. And, you know, we get in. He's not particularly friendly, you know, but we're trying to make the most of it. So I'm like, oh, you know, okay, we'll just get in. And, like, my wife goes in the front and the rest of us squeeze in the back. And I'm squeezed in the back with two other people. And we're all squeezed in and it's really hot. And sort of we're sort of saying to the driver, so what about the shuttle? What, what happened to the shuttle? And he just tells us, oh, yeah, the shuttles are in the garage. Okay, both of both of their shuttles broke down this week. Okay, all right, they just broke down this week. Okay, then. So eventually, we pick up the car. Fine, uh, and they they've added some charges that we didn't know about, like for example, this toll road charge, a toll road, toll T O L L. A toll road is a road where you have to pay to use the road. You know, like there are toll booths. You slow down your car, you put the money in, the lever goes up and you keep driving. That's a toll road. So there was a toll road charge, which was automatically added. And it was like, what's this charge? Yeah, that's a toll road charge, you know, blah, 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 blah. If you go through a toll road, you'll have to pay. But if you use this, it'll be automatic, yada, yada, yada. And we're like, uh, okay. Never drove through a toll road at all for the entire two and a half weeks we were there fine okay but anyway we paid 20 dollars for it uh and then the bill and the receipt didn't really match and we were told it would be sorted out because the guy who was responsible wasn't there on that day lots of shady dealings my wife was getting very uptight and very annoyed with them uh and um you know just shady dealings but we wanted to get our car so we could get to our airbnb place and have a shower and all that stuff i ordered a gps with the car i I had ordered one already online so we were supposed to have a gps that was paid for in the bill gps you know like a satellite navigation system and you know we were about to get the car he'd given us the keys and the guy said to us so do you still want the gps after we'd already paid for it do you still want the gps and i was thinking Oh, no, that's fine. No, I, I've, it's okay. I'm No need for a GPS now. I've changed my mind. I, I managed to get a good look at the city from the plane window as we were landing. So I think I've got it all worked out. Yeah, no, no need for the GPS. I've played lots of Grand Theft Auto V, so I think I know my way around uh, Los Angeles. Now, I, I watch a lot of movies. I think I know LA like the back of my hand. I'll be fine. So, of course, we wanted the GPS. I mean, what a stupid question. Why would you be like, actually, on second thoughts, no, I think we'll just risk it. Um, So, ridiculous, stupid question, right? And a bit of a suspect question. As if we just say, oh, no, never mind. Yeah, we'll pay for the GPS, uh, but we won't take it. Yeah, that's fine. Good idea. Um, So, very suspicious stuff with with them. And um, the car they gave us is a bit crappy, but, you know, 
basically, except for that little bad experience, um, it all worked out. The car was fine, really, um, and uh, and it and, and it was good. And that was once we got on the road in our car, we were going, and we'd left that sort of weird. Uh, experience behind my wife saying well I've got all the receipts I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a lot of trouble if they try and make us pay more when we you know because you know she she looks after that kind of thing quite well she's good at negotiating and anyway um, so we um, in Los Angeles we chose to stay in an Airbnb Airbnb I don't know if it's in all, all your countries but basically Airbnb you know what it is I've told you about it before surely uh, people who own properties can can rent them out to tourists using this online service called Airbnb and there are some really great places you can stay that are less experienced uh, less experienced no less expensive than uh, places like hotel rooms and things so we checked into this Airbnb really nice little place just a like a, a single room with a bed in it and a, a kitchen and a bathroom on the side just you know simple place that we needed it had a little outside space a patio which um got lots of sunshine during the day the patio had a had a like a a, a, a a fence around it with a little gate so we could close that we felt like we were in like a little private area uh the patio was surrounded by all kinds of plants all these different types of cactus and things uh, little statues in the garden and stuff. It was really nice and peaceful place in the middle of an, uh, a cool part of Los Angeles called Silver Lake. Um, and, you know, even though we were in the middle of this city, we felt like we had this little oasis of calm, which was really nice. We could sit outside uh, uh, having our breakfast, drinking some coffee in the morning, and it was a peaceful place, uh, which was great. I mean, Los Angeles is a, you know, it's a diverse place. You've, you've got some areas which are a bit rough and, and not very nice. And then you've got some places which are really ridiculously expensive and over the top. You know, those places where all the rich people live. And then you've got other places which are just really nice districts to live in. I mean, it's a place where you need to have a car, which is a bit of a pity. Everyone drives everywhere, which is unfortunate because it creates pollution and stuff. But also, Los Angeles has got lots of uh, lots of uh, greenery in it as well, like a bit like Montreal. You get lots of these wild cactuses growing everywhere. There are lots of trees. They have um, large parks. They have these kind of uh, big hills uh, in various parts of the city, which create these um, these canyons, these tree filled canyons, which mean that you you know it's close to what feels like forests or natural areas, as well as having you know so many millions of people in it, as as well as it being a very urban environment, it's also quite a natural environment too. So. What's it like walking around Los Angeles? I've I explained this already in in previous episodes, so I don't really need to go into it in too much detail. But basically, it's a bit like being in a movie. It's a bit like being in a film because you recognise all the places from films that you've seen, which is a very strange experience when you're walking around it. You feel like it's sort of familiar to you from all the films. Also, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, the computer game, that game is is set in a world which is based very clo- uh, very closely on um on Los Angeles in a world in a world based very closely on Los Angeles um it is set in a world based on Los Angeles in Grand Theft Auto it's called Los Santos in um in America it's uh, Los Angeles of course and um you know it's really bizarre 
when you've played that game quite a lot and then you actually visit Los Angeles, it's really bizarre because you think, wow, I know that place. I know this. This looks so familiar. Um, and the game, the makers of the game, I have to say, did a very good job of recreating what Los Angeles uh, looks like. The game has got these satirical elements. So, for example, all the people you meet are all annoying, like idiots or weirdos or crazy people or whatever. Um, so it's not quite as extreme as that, but certainly it looks a lot like um, uh, uh, Los Santos from Grand Theft Auto. Luckily, without you know people driving around at high speed. Um, blowing up buses and things thankfully Uh, we weren't far from sunset boulevard which is a bit of an iconic place uh we walked in that area on the first day we saw the sun going down it is beautiful with with the sunset and the big palm trees and things i mean it's amazing uh the area had cool looking little shops and bars hippie stuff everywhere you know nice shops selling like kind of jewelry and cool looking clothes and things uh, the constant smell of uh, people vaping. Uh, vaping is when people, you know, like uh, e-cigarettes. Uh, that's instead of smoking cigarettes, people vape uh, e-cigarettes. Uh, I guess it's vapor from, I don't know quite how it works, but vaping, I think you know what that is, right? Using e-cigarettes. But also vaping can be a way to uh, kind of smoke uh, marijuana as well, which, as you may know, is like v- almost completely legal in Los Angeles. And so lots of people are doing it. Uh, but I mean, I never actually saw anyone smoking or vaping. But all the time, you can smell the smell of people vaping weed. And uh, it's really weird. Like, you'd be walking down the street and suddenly, whoa, you can, can you smell that? And then you look around and you can't see anyone. It's just some guy in, in his back garden somewhere or whatever. Uh, so the constant smell of vaping everywhere, um, which is not necessarily a bad smell. I mean, I don't. it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, it's just kind of interesting as part of the atmosphere of the place. Um, you know, these kind of vegan coffee shops and, and burger joints and stuff like that. There were like tattooed people and biker guys and and stuff like that we stopped in this sports bar to have a drink because we were hot and in the sports bar there were just tvs everywhere showing all these different tv channels and lots of sports being played and on one of the tvs there was it was like mtv or something and that was the that was when we heard hotel california for the first time which is like this ubiquitous record that you always hear whenever you're in california you hear hotel california so having our drink just a few hours after arriving there you get hotel california straight away um in one of the uh, california road trip episodes from two years ago i did sort of analyze the lyrics from hotel california it's quite an interesting song um so anyway that was like our first day I think what I'm going to do is stop talking to you now. I think this is going to be the end of this episode uh, because, um, well, I mean, last time it was eight episodes long. I'll try and make it shorter. I'll try and just skip through some some stuff. But I want to talk to you over the coming couple of episodes about things like uh, modern and contemporary art because we went to a few museums. I'd like to talk to you about contemporary art, some of the artists that we saw, some of the work that we saw, my impressions of contemporary art, uh, how what it means and, and to try and describe it. 
um, and talk about people like, you know, Jackson Pollock and uh, Rothko and Andy Warhol and even uh, Picasso and stuff like that. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, uh, contemporary art and, uh, and nature and the things that you see in, in nature compared to the things that you can see in contemporary art and the sort of similarities and differences of, of, uh, of that. I want to talk about um, astronomy, astronomy, like the study of space, because we did a trip to the Griffith Observatory, which is like a, a planetarium and an, uh, an, an observing point to look at space, which is an iconic place in, in Los Angeles. And we took a trip there. So I want to talk a little bit about astronomy and uh, the sun and the earth. And also, I want to talk a little bit about some of those flat earth conspiracy theories, which uh, people are uh, still talking about on the internet today. I would like to talk about... Um, uh, Scientology again because we did have a little Scientology experience there um, so I'll kind of like ramble on a bit about Scientology again hopefully in a bit more depth than I did last time uh, I'm going to tell you about Las Vegas and what that is really like I'm also going to talk to you about the power of nature and the amazing things that we saw in the national parks and just how it made me feel to be face to face with with like hundreds of millions of years of history and and other bits and pieces like that. Uh, okay, so I hope you stay tuned to other episodes of this um, holiday description that I'm going to be doing. Thank you for listening uh, so far in this episode. It's nice to be back on the podcast. I hope that you're glad to be uh, listening to some new episodes again. All right, so I'll I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon when I no doubt will continue telling you about this uh, this other road trip that we've just come back from. There's other stuff coming soon as well, including some uh, conversations with, uh, with guests that I have planned on the podcast. So normal podcasting is back again. All right. Okay, good. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.